from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome to The Superiority Complex, everybody. Uh, we should have some like crackling fire in the back. This is our special Christmas episode. Well, it's not a special episode. This is our regular episode, but it's going to drop right before Christmas. John Sandy's so excited, he just took it, turned off his camera. But that's okay. He's so excited he can't even look. You know why? Because we have not one, but two special guests. Two for the price of one. You've got, I mean, you've got the regulars, the people you've come to know and love. You've got your Jake. Hello, Jake. Hello, hello. You got your John. How you doing, John? Howdy. But today, as a special Christmas treat for all the good children in Superiority Complex land, We've got Michael Bagford, the Mikey Bags, hey. the Tony Randall of the podcasting world. Maybe. You are. You're ready to, because you know what? If you if you need a guest at the drop of a hat, Mikey Bags will find a way to be on your show. How many podcasts do you estimate you did this year, Mikey? I think you made a list, right? You, you put out a whole list of all your appearances. Uh, For this year, I think like maybe three to five different podcasts probably not that it feels like i didn't do as much this year that's like you're that's like you're doing arsenio then you're doing carson then you're doing letterman then you're doing uh chevy chase then you're doing uh <laughs> i'm not doing chevy chase <laughs> not doing that piece of crap you're doing you're doing larry <laughs> sanders obviously uh yeah. and along with michael beggs this is like a real uh i mean we are we are we are really we're all over the, the the what's the contiguous United States was the word I couldn't. Wow, yeah. that's a five dollar word. Thank you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're, so from from the West Coast to the Midwest to the East Coast and the Gulf Coast, kinda. You kind of that's uh, right. Yes, you're bi coastal. It is our good old friend Stevo, aka oh. Hob the Troll, Stevo Dockerson. How you doing? Hello. Good uh, evening or afternoon or whatever the heck you're listening to. Or this. Merry Christmas or yes. Happy New Year. Uh, before we get started, Steve, you have something very important that you dropped on um, Bandcamp. Yeah. So can you tell us about that real quick? Yeah. So um, uh, here's a, uh, we're going to start off with a terrible story with a nice update. Um, I've, got a, I've got a buddy of mine who I worked with at the uh, Pennsylvania Renaissance Festival. I've known him for a couple of years. Uh, he's from Georgia. Um, his, his twin brother and his, um, family were visiting him up in Pennsylvania. Um, he's 30 years old. He, uh, he had a medical emergency and fortunately his family is up there, uh, with him, uh, while they're visiting him in the hospital, his twin brother had the same thing happen. Wow. Jesus. In, oh my God. In the hospital. So they're, um, uh, they're, they're recovering. Uh, things are, things are well. Uh, jo I saw, I saw a picture of, uh, Jonathan, uh, earlier today. He, um, he's out of the hospital, but, uh, so I, I've been meaning to record some more, uh, Hob the Troll music. I was up in Pennsylvania doing the, um, the Yuletide show there. And I'd written, uh, two new songs that I'm like, oh, I'll put these on a album coming out probably next year. And I got home and I was bored and um, I was like, I needed, I needed to do something with my energy because I'm all, all getting restless. Wait a minute. Um, yeah, uh, record these songs for Jonathan and David. And I, and I did. They turned out pretty well. Um, 
And yeah, put those two out on a single. Uh, for $2 or more, you can uh, get the uh, the new Christmas classic, um, Do You Smell What I Smell? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, oh, the wrapping of the presents. Love it. Check them out on Bandcamp. Um, yeah. All of the proceeds cool. go directly to uh, uh, to the um, to the Handley family, and um, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty pleased with the with the music anyway. It's, well, there's some other good Christmas albums on there as well. Uh, yeah, give a, a cool. Tell, tell us about your other Hob the Troll efforts. Yeah, I've been um, so yeah. I did the uh, the Christmas show up in Pennsylvania. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to be doing the. Pinellas Medieval Fair coming up in February. Still waiting to hear back for Pensacon. I love Pensacon very much. I'd love to be back. Um, I'll be at the Tennessee Renaissance Festival this sure. next year and uh, Pennsylvania again. Yeah, it's uh, it's going good. You've gone national, Steve-O. I love it. No, I w- We wish you nothing but success. You've been a great friend of the show uh, for a while now. So I love the show very much. I'm trying to get out to the, to the SoCal show. Come on out. I, I I'd love to. I know the people who do it. It's just it's just um, you know, business is business. Sure. So, uh, I put in for a couple of weeks there. Hopefully, I'll, I'll hear back. The only problem me. with the with the Renaissance Festival is they moved it to Irwindale, and it's basically just in like a giant. Uh, uh, there's a reservoir out there. It's just a giant yeah. sun. It's just a sun bowl. It's yes, just a bowl. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, a concrete bowl, mm-hmm. and you can this- see the freeway. And you you can't. <laughs> it's hard to. Uh, Imagine you're in a different time because the freeway's right there. <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna park my uh, park my my car right there, like a blooper, mm. like a blooper in a like in an old movie. Look, yeah. you can see a car back there. As uh, as Tuco's yelling Blondie, you could see a car back there. For a person walking or whatever it is, you know, you know what I'm talking about. A couple of dogs. Steve, I'm I'm very glad to hear your friends are on the mend. So please, uh, yeah. su- please support Stevo. Uh, he's helping out. Apparently, they're Tomax and Zaymot from GI Joe. Is what what happened there? That's a real Tomax and Zaymot situation. That is a joke for one person who is not uh-huh. here. Obviously, <laughs> um, uh, Mikey Bags, what have you been up to, man? Are you good? You're uh, everything's good with you. Life is good. I hope. Yeah, I'm on a staycation here this week, so I don't have to worry about work. Love it. Nice. What uh, what what is your favorite uh, Deep Purple Christmas track, Michael Bags? <laughs> Black Knight, I guess. That I guess that would be kind of Christmas related. Well, I love that you had one. I love that you were just ready. You're like, all right, got it. That's that's a great. Uh, isn't that a movie with? Oh no, that's Black Christmas. Yeah, the great Bob Clark directed two Christmas classics: Black Christmas and. Uh, Christmas story. Uh, Talk about two different, two different sides. Yeah, please, please don't watch Black <laughs> Christmas if you're expecting a heartwarming uh, Christmas movie. But you do get a oh, a really great performance by a young uh, Margot Kidder there. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, Jake, you're good. You're ready. You're all ready for everybody's ready for the holidays. <sighs> yeah, right. <laughs> so all all a, I can say is all I can say is it's almost over. Yeah. Yeah, the holidays aren't fun for everybody. Let's remember that, people, and be nice mm-hmm. to be kind to everybody out there. When you're mm-hmm. out there in your travels, you know, it's a hard time of the year for some people, man. And it's uh, it's also hard if you're not particularly into the holiday and you're just trying to get things done. You're just trying to go to the, the grocery mm-hmm. store or the gas station or whatever, and it's just, you know, it's a mess. It's a mess out there. 
So be nice to each other. It's hard out there in the streets. It is. It's hard out there for a, uh, listen, guys, uh, this has been a great show. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending uh, Christmas with us guys. Uh, that's going to do it for Jake for John. Goodbye. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye everybody. You know how excited people <laughs> just got? <laughs> they're looking at their other uh, player. They're like, there's still like two hours. People, people, people like, finally, finally, they figured it out. Brevity. No, people don't listen. People don't listen to us for our they brevity. Okay, they didn't. They didn't mention Norman Fell once. Wow, um, that's crazy. That is great because he was all over that uh, Richard Dawson uh, Family Feud uh, YouTube oh, yeah. extravaganza. I went down. Was it the Three's Company cast? Yes, it was the Three's Company cast, and it was uh, John Ritter was on there. Uh, it was yeah. uh, the great Joyce Dewitt, uh, and then uh, Norman Fell, Audra Lindley. And then I've oh I can't think of his name. He played Larry. Richard Klein. Richard Klein. Yeah. Uh, I saw the most and uh, so, oh. sorry. So you and so Soap had Diane Canova and who else was there? Was it did uh, they have uh, No, it wasn't Billy Crystal, it wasn't anybody of the uh, A listers uh on there. <laughs> but uh, Diana Canova, I forgot I know her from something and I can't figure out what, but uh boy, she was all lovely. And then they like 80s enough is there a bunch of times and it they keep they keep like rotating which well, sisters you know, they, are... that's because they had the big cast you know right like, in double this, like the can... waltons you know they'd have the waltons uh -huh. or whatever. Uh, i'll tell you what i watched the uh, dukes this is this is how this is how into it i got it was the dukes of hazard and then there was like three of the waltons and somebody else and then it ended up being the dukes of hazard versus the cast of a show called angie which i think ran for what one or two seasons john with the great uh the great robert hayes and uh and Doris Roberts and Donna Pescow. I always remember that name, Donna Pescow. But uh, Deborah Lee Scott, who was like the sidekick in all the early '80s TV shows. So they did the, you know, they do the final thing where they have to make, you know, you got to score 200 points and get the yeah. one person goes in the soundproof booth, and then the other person comes out. Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke, TV's Daisy Duke, got 174 points by herself, and I was like. That is amazing. I've never seen anyone do that. The same game that against the uh, the, the same the, the, like the next round, uh, Deborah Lee Scott did the whole thing by herself. Got the whole. Wow. She gave all number one answers except for one. I think I've never seen anybody do that. That's because she's in touch with the people. That's Mark. it. Yeah, she's, she's got her touch. finger on the pulse. That's right. She's like a, like a Mikey Bags. That's why we talk to Mikey Bags. Yeah. You know, you know, you know Steve-O, Steve you're out there doing Hob the Troll. John and I and, and Jake, we're up here in our ivory tower looking down yeah. on everybody, you know. And Mikey Baggs, is, Mikey Baggs is out there amongst the people. He knows. Finger on the pulse. Man of the people. Man of the people. Man with the bag. Oh, no. We don't talk <laughs> about that song. God, I hate that song. What a hipster... God. I think it's because it's K Star. I think it's maybe it's because it's K. -Star. She because she's she like did. she's like a poor man's Peggy Lee. Yeah, mm. she was on a lot of those um, like uh, Christmas compilations where it's just like uh, this is this song is free. Just <laughs> yeah. It yeah, it's like John and I talked about a couple weeks ago on Mystery Science Theater when they had the uh, public domain karaoke machine during the invention. Oh of yeah, yeah, the Battle <laughs> of the Republic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does he say? The uh, playful the twinkle, immortal, twinkle, little star. Yeah, uh, the, the immortal Baba Black Sheep. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what we need. That's what we need. Uh, uh, a, well, now you could do that. It's, now we're getting to the 20s, so it's good. You could get some of that. Uh, all that Tim Panelli stuff. Yeah, yeah all yeah. that Tim Panelli, you know. Get up there and sing after you've gone or something like that. Uh, there'll be some changes made. Uh, yeah, it's Christmas, you know, it, it doesn't have it. Has, what is your tradition? Is there something you guys all, and you brought this up, Steve, and I'm glad you did. Uh, on your Facebook page, you asked, like, what's a TV show or a movie that you always have to watch that's kind of a non traditional? Uh, well, it's the Christmas special, it's, is what I'm looking It was what I was looking for, right? Like, the, like a very special because t- I was watching. Um, I like to, uh, find, you know, broadcast editions of stuff like, you know, you can find on YouTube, the broadcast edition of, uh, MST and you get all those great nineties commercials. Commercials, Yeah. Um, but there's some, somebody did that with some Nick at night stuff. So Mm. it was, uh, you know, Nick at night from the nineties and it was like, um, Mary Tyler Moore show bewitched, um, uh, new, either new, either Newhart or the Bob Newhart show. I don't remember which one, but then like three episodes of the Wonder Years because I think they just like got the rights to those. And what I remember, um, what I've noticed now watching the Wonder Years is there's a lot of times where people are just looking at each other <laughs> while they wait for Daniel Stern's narration. Right. They're mm. just kind of like hanging out, just being like making awkward, awkward eye contact and just kind of like, uh, uh, well, you know, they wait for Daniel Stern to stop yapping about. Right. You know, the, you know, the script girl is like reading it off camera. Okay. Yeah. I'll never forget that last Christmas with my dad, you know, <laughs> right. Right. That's right, John. My favorite episode of uh, the Wonder Years, of course, is when his brother called him a butthead, and he didn't get Winnie. <laughs> the last episode of uh, of um, the last episode of the Wonder Years, there's like a the, the, it takes place like I think there's like a Fourth of July parade or something. Yeah, they filmed that uptown. Yeah, Year. they filmed that yeah. right around the, the the shop where we used to record. They filmed that right around the corner there. John lives. And uh, I was I was working at Lovell's that day, and they were. We had they papered over our windows, so we're kind of like looking through the cracks, paper, and they're all marching down the street. And I swear to God, somebody was on a megaphone doing the voiceover. You know, that last summer, you know, Fourth of July, my dad was ba 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 ba. It was just somebody on a megaphone doing the voiceover as they're marching down the street. I thought that's interesting. Even with this big parade, they're going to do the voiceover so people kind of get it. You know, yeah, they have to time it. They have to time it so they know how to edit it. They have to yeah. time it. That's right. right, right, right. And so I, I always tell people hey i was in the last episode of the wonder Years. see that window i'm behind the paper you know? <laughs> <laughs> were you uh were you there when they filmed he-man and the masters of the universe though yes uh, yeah i think you we were we were there together weren't we like just hanging out at the b of a watching them do no, it no i wasn't there i was not there i was not uh, they were shooting like every night of they had this great big thing going down the street with franklin jella dressed up as Skeletor on the back of this great big thing that looked like a like a rose parade float. It's supposed to be like his his spaceship or whatever it is, you know. And it's like I can't believe this is happening in, you know, on Greenleaf <laughs> in Whittier. They're just like uh you know, Beast Man's walking around and Dolph Lundgren's kind of running up the street with a sword. It's like I can't believe this is all happening in my backyard, you know. Love it. Love mm. it. And then uh, you know, that's where you got the acting bug, John, and that's how you got here. That's where you were first bit by the performing bug. That's it. 
seeing Frank Langella in the Skeletor outfit, you're like. So other than other than He Man, Master of the Universe, what other Christmas favorite um, episodes <laughs> do we like? Listen, you're the one that went off on the Wonder Years. You yeah, got us yeah, on this tangent because, because be, there was. Oh yes, yes I did. Uh, the Wonder <laughs> Years episode, the Christmas episode. There you go. Has, now we're back. Uh, Robert Picardo. Now we're back. <laughs> right, Robert Picardo. Because he was the gym teacher that nobody liked, and um, uh, like the whole plot centered around like. Uh, you know, him seeing, uh, like, oh, that's my gym teacher. Oh, he's Santa at the mall. And it became like this weird blackmail thing. And then, even for the Wonder Years, probably one of the most depressing things I've ever heard, which is just Frank Picardo, or uh, 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 the, the gym teacher, just says, like, I like being Santa. Kids like me when I'm Santa. Wow. And it's like, mm. Oh my God! Wow! Oh Jesus! Way to bring it home. Ah, uh, ah! Uh. Yeah, That's he's like- he's so good. He's good in everything. Uh, anything he turns up in, even if it's just for five minutes, he's, he's always in the great. Burbs? He is in the burbs. Like garbage I, man. I always burbs. remember him in in inner space when he's singing that crazy version of "I'm an old Calhan from the Rio Grande." While he's like in his getting ready and he's got the blow dryer and he's using it as a gun and he's got a crazy accent. I'm an old friend and he's doing that whole thing. It just occurred to me uh, because he's great in matinee too. I guess uh, Joe Dante uses him like he uses Dick Miller. He kind of, I guess that's like four movies that he right. did. I never realized that he, he right. got him in like all these different movies. He must be a favorite of Joe Rob, Dante's. You Rob, know? Robert Ricardo, cousin to. And I can't prove this, but they always remind me of each other. David Cross. I don't know why. They kind of vaguely remind me of each other. Because they're both bald. (laughs) Maybe. Prominent foreheads. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, what is your favorite? Uh, I think I said the Sherlock. I said uh, Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes, the blue carbuncle. That's my favorite uh, non-traditional Christmas. Uh, Mikey Bags, what do you got? Do you have a Christmas episode of a particular TV show or Christmas special that you like? Uh, I've been watching uh, Red Letter Media's Best of the Worst Christmas episodes on YouTube, <laughs> where they'll uh, they'll do like holiday films, but sometimes they'll be like a holiday holiday film or canon. Or one year they did like the Star Wars holiday special. Yes, now we're talking. Lovely. But oh yeah, but yeah, they'll uh, they'll pretty much talk about like free films for like an hour, and they usually get drunk while doing it too so hey i know a few podcasts like that we don't though we keep it we keep it uh we keep, we keep it clean here yeah uh, this uh we, sober this, this episode brought to you by fresca sparkling soda water uh established 1966 uh this is uh the original grapefruit citrus uh let me read the back of the can here no fat one carb uh no calories that's all we need to know well fresca Take that squirt. I love squirt. I love I, I love squirt. I yeah, what was the the thing with is squirt the one that has like grapefruit in it or is yes. that bubble yeah. up? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Squirt. Squirt. Yeah, that's what made that different, you know, from all the other seven up knockoffs. Oh, I love squirt. My grandpa, that was his favorite. My grandpa did not drink a lot of soda, but he loved he would he would there was a, always a, a can of squirt around for my grandpa. Mm. He would, uh I'll tell you what, though, uh, you, you, that's what you make in a Paloma. You put that in a Paloma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, embrace, they embrace it down in Mexico. Uh, Jake, what's your favorite uh, Christmas episode of a 
show? Um, for an episode, I love Ted Lasso's Christmas episode. That's really great. You know, that Real is, wholesome. Yeah. Mm. I think it's season two where things start to get a little get a little rocky, but they bring it on back with their Christmas episode. All right. You know, I don't want love a lot it. for Christmas. I just want a good uh, Christmas episode. Tonight on a very special. Uh, John, what about, uh, I'm trying to think, did like Lucy and uh, did Dick Van Dyke? Did they yeah, do- they, did, they did one. They did a Christmas episode, but it was kind of like a flashback episode. Uh, they all dressed up like Santa and kind of, you know, but mostly it was a, an excuse to go. Remember that time we were staying with the Mertzes at the old, uh, uh, but, like- but my, the, the one I like is uh, the Bob Newhart uh, show did one where he's going to have like a nice Christmas evening with Emily, just oh, the I two re- of them. I remember this. And then all his patients, all the people that have no place to go, his patients and goofy friends, they all end up at the, ha- at the house. So instead of having a romantic Christmas alone, he's got about eight lunatics all, you know, gathered around the tree, but it ends up being really nice. Emily's all, you know, this is pretty good. And he's all, yeah. So, you know, they didn't do too many warm hearted episodes, but that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that was the that was the one that was in the um uh, the Nick at Night block I watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick at Night. That was great. Uh, I guess the closest thing to that now is um Me TV. I don't know if anybody gets yeah. that. And they've been doing that all week. They've been playing Christmas Petticoat Junction and Christmas uh, Andy Griffith Show and Christmas uh, Brady Bunch. I mean, they just they 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 dug up every Chris every evidently every show had a Christmas episode because they're playing all of them. <laughs> oh, bye, Jake. Love you, man. Uh, so uh, at my mom's, we don't have me TV, but they have another one called Get Get mm. TV, yeah. which is great entertainment. Now that is your '70s detective show headquarters because uh, they're Rockford they're, Files. Rockford Files. I'm taping the Rockford <laughs> Files like every day and just watching them with no commercials. That show never gets old. Um, there is a uh, we've talked about the Rockford Files ad nauseum on this show, but there's a certain. It's the fact that he's that Rockford is in on the joke that makes it feel very modern despite the seventies trappings. It feels very modern uh, because, it does. because he seems it does. to be it, in on the whole, like, isn't this absurd? I think they, they I think the onion, his attitude works no matter where you put him. His attitude always works. You I know? think the onion described it as it, it looks as if any second he's about to turn to the camera and say, can you believe this shit? Like that's exactly what it, uh, but it, it does work. It works. It works. You're right. He he's got that expression on his face. Can you believe this? Can you believe I'm getting away with this? This is like Maverick in the 70s. You know, it's like <laughs> I did mention on the, your Facebook page the the Art Carney episode of the Santa Claus episode of Twilight Zone. Oh, Heartbreaking. Yeah. Love that episode. Yeah. That's a good one. Love that that's one. That's a good one. Yeah, it really is heartbreaking. That was it's bad. a weird one too because it's one of the ones that um they it's videotape. like on videotape or something. Yeah. It's not on film, so it looks it has an odd odd feel to it, just the look of it. But you're right, it's a real heartbreaker. Man, and that's Bad Santa. That's where they got the idea for Bad Santa, I'm I'm assuming. Right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe they went really to a dark place with it, but <laughs> Well, I also I mean there's also, you know, people who are bad at their job who are Santa Claus. I mean, I that's mm. a, that's true. Yeah. I called on uh, I called under old Santa Claus. Yeah. I can't remember how the rest of the preface goes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's like the prologue to something. Yeah, that's I like called the on zero old Santa Claus to see <laughs> what I could see. Da, 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 da. He told this tale to me. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. That's what it is. 
I, yeah, it's like the the Ronettes do this whole intro. Now Santa's very busy; he's got no time to play. He did, they do this whole wind yeah. up before they go into the song. The Ronettes now, are great. Make sure you make your list today. Yeah, Ronettes. <laughs> I've, are, I've been. Go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Stephen. Watching um, when 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 my wife and I are driving around listening to Christmas songs, um, which we do. Uh, that song in particular, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. I always want to take it in a very dark uh, turn, just like, hey, um, you better. Uh, like, um, I, I made it into a, a sequel to, uh, you know, another Taken sequel. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you better watch out. Uh, um, uh, the elf's got a knife. Santa's going to find out who kidnapped his wife. Santa Claus <laughs> coming to town. I wrote uh, an idea for a, a, um, a show years ago where it was like, yeah, like just the threatening presence of Santa. It's just like, yeah, he sees you when he's sleeping. Who's that? Oh, that's Rudy Toot Toot Tomasino and uh, Rummy Tum Tom McFarlane. I love They're gonna it. They're going to rough you up. Tum- <laughs> Rudy Toot Toots and Rummy Tum Tums. Uh, I don't know what they are, but they are cringeworthy. I'll tell you that. They sound like they sound like drinks. Yeah, they're a couple of gay, you know, Rummy Tum Tum. Hey, hey, how you doing, Rummy Tum Tum? Steve, did you ever see? um, Did you ever see that Futurama where it's a it's a robotic Santa Claus and he's gonna he's gonna rye and he in his eyes nobody has been good enough. So so they like lock the windows and doors because this thing. Every Christmas Eve, this this robot Santa machine guns everybody down because he doesn't think they've been good That's enough. That's right, I forgot that about one? that yeah. one. Oh yeah. That's a great one. And it's John, it's John Goodman doing the voice, and it's perfect because they've been dealing with this thing that goes it berserk every Christmas Eve. They can't deprogram it. You know, it's like <laughs> I love it. I forgot about that. I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That's a really good one. It's I love it. Tonight on a very the great special feature. Tonight a on a very special, special feature. Uh, what? Let me ask you this, Steve. What non-traditional Christmas album do you like? Um, well, non-traditional Christmas. Like, I listen to. Uh, I I even like the song that you hate so much. What's that one? Which is uh, the man man with the bag. I don't mind oh, yeah. it. <laughs> um, do you, do you like? Uh, it's the holiday season. Hope well, do do. Uh, <laughs> even with the lag, we got it. Even with the lag, yeah, nailed whole, that. Oh, good job, boys! Thing. I'm so proud of you right now. Oh I'm my god, so proud of you um, right now. My brain is but, programmed to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, no, you. It was last year you turned me on to the Ramsey Lewis Christmas album. Isn't that great? Oh, it's yeah. so good. Let's see. I I got something this year. It's like a sequel to the um. It's like a sequel to uh, to the uh, Vince Guaraldi Christmas album, almost. Yes. And, and you know, Steve-O, there's a second volume. I don't know if you found it. Oh, there I've is already, a yeah, sec- yeah, it. second Ramsey Lewis. Yeah, that was hard to find for a while. Yeah. Um, but also, um, Vince Guaraldi, they've, um, last year, they uh, or year before that, they dug up the um, actual, like, the, the recordings of... Um, the it's sessions, great, all the sessions, it, yeah. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, because the year before that they released it, but it had all of like the the weird sound effects on it, and it just sounded like garbage. But they found that, and when they um when they found that, they also found all the the other takes for uh, the Thanksgiving special. So what's great about Vince Guaraldi is um, you can just throw 
almost all of other Vince Guaraldi stuff into a Christmas playlist and it works fine. Right. You probably want to leave out, you know, the, the, the Halloween one because that's, that's uh, a little spooky. Yes, and then you get a little spooky. Red, yeah. Red Baron stuff in there. But, um, God, what did I get? Uh, I got, uh, Did you pick it that up, Steve? Huh? Did, did you pick that up because they they found all the sessions there? I think this yeah. year or last year they put out a five disc set. It's every session, all the outtakes, all the yeah. it's everything that he did for the Christmas album. Yeah. And and also, but the thing about it is, I a lot of it I already had uh, mm. because like just, bootleg. Yes. Yes. Okay. There you go. Um, we don't talk about that. Unofficial. I had a friend that worked at a record store. He said, we don't call that bootleg. We call it unofficial recordings. <laughs> bootleg Christmas albums. Uh, I, do have a, uh, I, I do have an album that I play every year that John gave me years ago. And it's, uh, I forgot. To, what is the name of that label, John? I sent you something from Dust to Digital this year, which was very similar on Bandcamp. I sent you that album. Um, uh, was it, uh, but John sent me, was, a, it the, was it stash or was it, John, uh, John gave me an album called where will you be Christmas day? Yes. Oh said, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's all this, it's all this original roots music, um, of songs mm-hmm. that you've never heard of that people, you know, play at Christmas. Um, uh, it's great. I bust that out every year. I bust that out. Was that dust to digital? What was that? Uh, or was that, what's the yeah, other one from the, from the attic or something? I think it, it, it Go it's ahead. on it's on Bandcamp too because you send that to me too and I yeah right I'm, I'm trying to find that yeah John turned me on to that and then I sent John that that Roots album John you got this year I sent you something it was yeah. a bunch of like recordings from like uh, uh, like the early 20th century recordings of all this blues and roots music they did for it was like an anthropology. Uh, uh, oh right, 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 right. They went out like a, like a field recording. They right. went out there with a great big reel to reel. Right. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other one was the a uh, couple years ago they put out. I think it was also Dust to Digital. It was called Death Maybe or Santa Claus, and half of them are seventy eights, but the other half are like uh, sermons. Like you'd pick up these seventy eights, and the flip side was like an actual sermon. This oh. guy, like a fire and brimstone. Where will you be Christmas Eve? You know, death may be your Santa Claus. If you're drinking and not doing the right thing, death may wow, be your Santa Claus. That's crazy. You know? Yeah, that's gonna and, be the uh, name of our uh, of our. Uh... It's going to be the name of the episode. Death may be your Santa Claus. I love it. Mario, you're going to love this. The first time I ever heard that title was 30 years ago. Hold on to your hat. Mott the Hoople did a song called Death May Be Your Santa Claus. Really? And I, I was like back in the 70s. And I thought, God, what an odd name for a song, even though it's a weird band doing a weird song. Flash forward 30 years forward, I'm going, this is where they got it. This was a sermon on a 78. It's this old... This old preacher saying, death may be your Santa Claus. Do the right thing. Wow. And I'm like, wow, that's where Mott the Hoople got it. That's crazy. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Steve-O just sent yes. me the Joel Patterson. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just discovered this guy this, yeah. this Christmas because they were playing something at work. And I was like, this is actually really good. And I did a, it, I did a what song is this? And I found that album. Yeah, it's great. Joel, I'm going to write it down. What's the, the, what's the title? It's Joel, Joel Peterson. Or Joel Patterson. Joel, J O E L Patterson. And what's the title uh, of the album, Steve O? Um, there is, uh, there's two. There's Hi Fi Christmas Guitar. And then he has another one called The More the Merrier. I think The More the Merrier. Okay, I'm going to look for that. 
Yeah. I'm going to look for that. I'm always looking out for something unique Christmas-wise. Somebody gave me a compilation years ago with a guy with a version of Silent Night by a group called the Ronnie Cole K O L E Trio. Very bluesy version of uh of and it's this really uh you know the recording is not great which only adds to the um to the atmosphere of the song. John, can you do your thing where you unplug and plug back in real quick? I'm hearing myself, and I think... I don't know why this happens every once in a while. Okay, how's that? Oh, very good. I can never figure out how my mic is throwing off your your feedback. It's I can because you that out. Because you emit such raw energy as a no, human but seriously. Being. I mean, bullshit aside. I mean, Jake, what, what is it that makes that happen? <laughs> and what that microphone does is it amplifies well, that energy. But anyway, Ronnie Cole... I, Ronnie Cole, K O L E, Silent Night. Find that you'll okay. look. Okay, Mikey, do you have any? Uh, Mikey, do you have any recommendations for uh, obscure Christmas jams? Because I know you do, man. I don't know if they're favorites, but they're interesting. Uh, there's Rob Halford, the Judas Priest, has a couple of Christmas albums. I love it. Uh, one of them is called Winter Songs, which I listened to last year, which was interesting, and uh, Jeffro Tall. Has a Christmas album. I can and the funny thing is, I can see that though. Yeah, <laughs> it, it actually kind of works. But the funny thing is, I saw Jeffro Tall this August, and really? they play two Christmas songs from that album. Did they? <laughs> wow. of August that was. Gee. Hey, you know what? Die Hard was released in August, man. So it's okay. You know, I thought it was you know, it's like, funny yeah, because yeah. Uh, songs from the wood kind of sounds like a Christmas album, even though it isn't. It kind of sounds like, uh, don't you feel like it's got like that vibe? Yeah. I think it's their songs from the wood is uh, Jeffrey Tall's best, I think. Hmm, it'd be hard to argue with that, except you know, for the people that are just love Aqualung and thick as a brick, you know. <laughs> But uh, songs from the wood, it's hard to think of, of him like he never really topped that, you know, and that was like mid seventies, right? Yeah. Um can't believe he's still playing. I can't believe it. That's amazing that you caught him. That's crazy. Where did you see it? it I saw them in Huber Heights, which is a town kind of outside of Dayton. But it was it was a really good show, even though it was one of the most dead crowd shows i've ever seen because it was a lot of older people mm. you know, I think the section i am was like the coolest of the cool coolest people there and then everyone else just like it was like the lamest crowd oh, that's a drag they forgot how to rock yeah. man it happens did you get the feeling that they weren't into it like they weren't really fans or they're just too old to uh the clap and shout anymore <laughs> i think it was just too old i think it, I felt mm. like the youngest person there, and I'm almost 40. So, and Ian what? Anderson's got to be like pushing 80, right? Yeah. Can he stand the... up on one leg? Does he still stand up on one leg, or can he not do that anymore? Uh, he did. Yeah, he stood <laughs> up on one leg. He kicked ass on the flute. Oh boy. Uh, a lot of times, like like places that you know uh, bands are playing, uh, a lot of times people are just like, "Oh, we're season ticket holders for this venue." We're gonna see what about, yeah. and then they're like, "Well, that was interesting." It's like, well, like, well, then don't go. Don't, yeah. Speaking, you just reminded me because Steve-O, you said you were, you didn't want to go see, uh, 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 stop making sense in the theaters because you were afraid you would just burst into spontaneous dancing, and you thought you that would not yeah. be uh, 
David Byrne on NPR, he had a, did an interview. Uh, there's like a 30-minute interview with him, but he he put a playlist out on Spotify of some of, you know, like his Christmas albums that he's been listening to lately. Um, it's a very interesting list. There are some interesting uh, people on it. Uh, What's on there? Well, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. I'm, I'll send you the link. I think I may have. I, I'm surprised I didn't send it to you, John. I will send it to you. But the, Great. the one thing Great. That, the one thing that stood out um, is um, here. I'll tell you the one thing that stood out to me was the fact that he uh, had a song by a vocalist that I uh, hyped uh, a lot earlier in the year, and that is Gabby Moreno. And she did a she did a Christmas, uh, not a complete Christmas album, but she did one that's very much influenced by uh, Latin American Christmas songs, and um, it uh, it made it. And I was like, "Wow, uh, David Byrne is listening to the same thing I am." That that really blew me away. That really kind of. <laughs> let me see if I can find. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, Nico Case covering Tom Waits. Why wouldn't she? Uh, a lot of these I, I've already, you know, Backdoor Santa, I have. Um, Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. Uh, Fairy Tale of New York. Uh, like, I, the next, okay, this is an exclusive. This is, this is I'm, I'm letting you all know. The next Hob the Troll Christmas album, the full length one, will have uh, a Hob version of uh, Let's Make Christmas Mean Something This Year. <laughs> Mm. Which I'm convinced was just a filler track, right? Because he was just it's just him. Ram- he's just he's just vamping yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That is, is that James Brown? Yes. That is a great Christmas album, by the way. I think I'm. You know, it's funny. Somebody told me he actually did two Christmas albums, so I get the feeling mm-hmm. I've only got one. <laughs> um, I've got one. I think that's the one that's you know goes. Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto, but I think somebody said there's like a second one, so I need to I need to find that if it exists. A contractually obligated Christmas. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, James, you still got another twenty minutes on the tape. You want to just uh, sort of, you know, in Santa Claus. <laughs> oh my God. Let's see, John. We've got uh, Fat Man's coming by David Byrne. Mm. Uh, Fairy Tale yeah. of New York by the Pogues, uh, which which uh, see what I just said. Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. Another Lonely Christmas by Prince. Getting ready mm. for Christmas Day by um, Paul Simon. Mm. Uh, trucking, Never heard of that one. Trucking trees for Christmas. Red Simpson. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of sympathy for the Grinch. <laughs> That's a great song. <laughs> that sounds Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. Yeah, so I'll send... sympathy for the Grinch. Who is that? A hundred Gex. That's the name of the band. <laughs> One hundred Gex. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, man. I have a friend who listens to them. Does he really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is a Gex? Uh, is is Gex? It from is a uh, no man's it guy. Is a... No, I don't know what they're from, but they're they're not. They're pretty good. Oh, the voice very, went up. Uh, the voice went very up. Loud. I'm not sure how that is when the voice goes. The up. um uh, I just saw. I, I've saw. I've seen it a couple of times. The uh, the video from Shane McGowan's funeral where they're doing Fairy Tale of New York. Hmm. Uh, it's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Uh, wow. It, 
you will you will uh you will be weeping and dancing. Wow. I'll have to look at it. I'll have to see it's it. real good. Uh, Top best funeral I've seen all year. Oh, what about the tribute to what about the tribute to George Harrison? That's a good one. Yeah. That's, uh that's a good funeral. The um uh, last year we went to, no, it was all well, the uh, beginning of this year, April and I went to, uh, New York to see, um, my buddy Gordy did a, uh, uh, his one man off Broadway show. And then we saw my friend Thea do, uh, a, a production of angels in America. But the last time April was in, uh, New York, she performed at St. John the divine, uh, the, uh, big old fancy church and stuff. And I'm like, this is where the Jim Henson funeral was. <clears throat> and yeah, if, if you ever want to just make yourself cry for like, I don't know, a week, um, watch, watch clips of, of that funeral <clears throat> on, uh, on YouTube. It's absolutely gorgeous and, and, uh, heart wrenching and wonderful. Um, we had watched, we, now we haven't watched Muppets Christmas Carol yet this year. Oh, but we have watched uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. How do you feel about that? Well, that is my friend. That is my friend Tawny's favorite. Shout out to Tawny, former co-host of the show. That is her favorite. That is her favorite. It's really? Mark- yes, yeah, great. How about that? Wow. I think that's her favorite Christmas thing. Yeah, I gotta watch I, Muppet I had- Christmas Carol. I gotta work that in. Haven't done it yet. Last year was the first time I watched it. I watched it because all of you were telling me how good it was. Mm-hmm. Every everybody had seen it but me and. Uh, it did not disappoint. You were absolutely right. It's it might be one of the best versions of the Christmas Carol ever filmed. Right. Yeah. And Michael Caine, which you wouldn't you wouldn't expect. Yeah, you wouldn't expect. He plays it completely, like he he doesn't play it like he's in a movie with a bunch of puppets. You know, he plays it completely straight, and um, it works. And also, it's more faithful to the book than just about any other version I can think of, which you wouldn't expect from a Muppet movie. You know what, you know? Well, you know what else is is super close to the book um, is the George C. Scott one. Because mm. the George C. Scott one does a th- a thing that a lot of the other ones don't do, which is they show the um, uh, the ghost of Christmas present has the two uh, waifs living underneath his robes. Oh, called... what is it? Is it ignorance and want? Yep, yep. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, these uh, uh, these are men's ghosts as well. And it's just like oh oh Jesus, and, and also. <laughs> The fact that um, he doesn't actually spend uh, Christmas with the Cratchits, he goes and spends it with Fred and his wife. Interesting. Here's you know because why that's what happens in the book. You know why he didn't spend uh, Christmas with the Cratchits, right? Why is that? They'll see the big board. Yeah, oh. that's George C. Scott there. You know, I need to see that's that's one version of a Christmas girl I have not seen. I love that's George the best. C. Scott, so it's I need really to see good. It. Just you know, angry George C. Scott, just ah, Christmas. Because ah. who can sell it better than George C. Scott? But that thing with the two kids under the robe, yeah, it's it's too dark. Uh, the first time I saw that as a kid was the Richard Williams animated Christmas Carol with that Chuck Jones produced. Yeah, and that's pretty damn close to the book. It even looks like the illustrations. They t- kind of do it like cross-hatched so it looks like engravings and as a little kid when you see those little those little kids you know ignorance and want and the the boy he's got like fangs and claws and he says beware them both but especially fear the boy (laughs) it's like you're going jesus what is this a christmas show or what what's going on here you know (laughs) 
That is fantastic. I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to seek out the George C. Scott version because I've heard nothing but good, uh, but good things that I didn't know Chuck Jones produced an animated version. Now I got to find all these versions. I'll send that to you because that's on. It's hard to find. It never came out on, on DVD or Blu-ray, but it's on YouTube. I'll send you the. It's only a half hour. Miraculously, they pretty much fit most of the book into a half hour. But um, I'll I'll send you that link. It's really my that's my favorite Christmas Carol because of the way it looks. It just looks like engravings from the book come to life. I love that. And that's all down to Richard Williams because uh, oh. you know anybody who ever, ever saw Ro- Robert Roger Rabbit, he's just a, a master animator. You know. I forgot to show you guys. I'm wearing. I am wearing something very Christmassy. Nice. Hey, that's great. Yeah. Did That's get, really great, Mario. Go see Godzilla minus run. It's it's running through. They're going to they extend it through the second of uh, of January. So. I saw it. I saw it last week, and it, what? It, you were right. It, it it knocked me out. It blew my mind. You were absolutely right. That might be the best Godzilla movie ever. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. It surprised me, and I keep I'm, you know it's the end of the year, so I'm thinking, what were my favorite movies this year? A lot of great stuff this year. Uh, that may be my favorite movie just because of how surprised I was by it. Just because of how uh, how good it was as a movie. And then the, the, it just happened to have Godzilla in it, but it was great. Did anybody else see it? Has anybody else had a chance to go check it out? No? Not yet. Boy, it's a genuine, it's really a tearjerker. Uh, you were absolutely right. You absolutely care. You finally care about the people on the ground. It's very tough to pull that off. And this, they really did it. You're right. It's like a good movie that just happens to be a Godzilla movie. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, um, it's an A picture, you know, and everybody on the ground is fantastic, you know. Uh, yeah, and they, yeah. they use him sparingly. You know, it's they, and they, you really do dread him showing up. You're really like, please, this, you know, these people are struggling. Like, uh, you know, I hope they're trying every- to rebuild their lives after the war, you know. Yeah, really good. I loved it. I love and it. God, even the music when they there was that moment where they reused some of the music from the first movie, right? And boy, that just makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. They wait, because you're going, "This is dreadful." They you know? wait until the absolute uh, perfect moment to drop that music, and this is the first time where you're not just going, "Hey, look at him! He's smashing the buildings! He's stepping on the people!" You're like, "It's not like that at all." You're just like, "My God, this is horrifying." You know, yeah, some critic wrote some critic wrote for the first time. You're not thrilled that he's like picking up a train and smashing it because, you know, you know, the woman that's on that train. So you're not like, hey, that's cool. You're like, oh, my, no, don't don't pick it up. She's right. trying to get home. You know, <laughs> uh, my daughter said that the the most horrifying that, that Godzilla was truly scary in this one. And, mm. and the thing that that really um, the thing that really struck her as horrifying was there's a moment in every. Every time you see him appear um, and they kind of, you know, shoot at him or whatever, there's always a moment where somebody says, did we get him? Is he down? Did we kill it? And then he just reappears as if to mm. say, nope, you're, you yeah. know, everything you're doing is is futile. Um, yeah. You know, she said that was the most horrifying thing to her was that, you know, there was yeah. genuine you, desperation you, to try to, you know, defeat this thing. And you can't stop them. Yeah. 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 I loved it. I'm glad you liked it, John. It's yeah. I it just, it was a knockout. I'll tell you. Well, what, did just, you uh, what, what did you give it on your, on your scale? It's a 10. It's a 10 for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine them ever doing a better one because it, it just had such a, you know, not to be highfalutin about it, but it's like you said, there's some emotional 
stakes. You know, it's not just like, hey, see him pick up a building and smash. Yeah, see him stomp on that guy running. It's like it really is some emotional stakes attached. You get so involved with these people trying to rebuild their lives after the war. And for this thing to just rear its ugly head, and it really looks like like a real thing. It doesn't look like a guy in a suit. Right. You just go, oh, this is just dreadful. These people are just just trying to somehow get things back together again. You know, and, yeah, and that's probably why I won't watch it because I'm just like, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna be, um, yeah, that's gonna too sad. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, too sad. Yeah, no, they're, you they're, want the thrills. They're, honestly, there there does deal a lot with this is a movie about uh, post traumatic stress and not mm. just, not just on a not just on a personal level but like on a national level trying mm. to to rebuild you know the and that uh kind of getting that spirit back after you know you've been you know it's it's it's, it's they they explore so much in and it's a short running time it's only i think it's a 2 hour it's it's a, i think it's straight up 2 hours maybe a but little, it's all you need it's all you need they, they another half hour would have been just extra you know right and yeah, God, what a great point. It's like the, it's the, it's survivor's guilt for the entire nation. You know? Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's Christ. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's the reckoning. It sounds, for, go ahead. It sounds wonderful. I'm probably like that. It, it, it's like, Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to watch this. I want to, I don't want to feel real sad all the time. Yeah. No. It's, it'll it's, make you, it'll make you cry. It ain't, it ain't monster zero. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> It ain't it ain't destroy all monsters. That's for sure. That's for sure. Exactly. And I can guarantee you, Steve-O, that at no time does a monster go mama and blow smoke rings. It used to be on Netflix. There was a. Uh, it was called Big Man Japan. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What? Oh, oh, glorious, glorious! Wow. Because Big it's, Man it's Japan. Big Man Japan. It's about like oh god, he's, he's this guy who turns. You know, and he's the one who fights the monsters, but everything looks so fakey. And but because he does all the property damage, he shrinks back down to a person, and everyone's mad at him. <laughs> everyone's wow. like, "Man, screw you!" Like we, like they, they, they regularly like, uh, you know, That's throw great. stuff at his house. Wow, then, what's it called? Like, Big Man Japan. Big Man Japan. And then the last fight is just ridiculous because it's just, um. It almost turns into Power Rangers. Love it. It's so good. I'm gonna check These it out. Monsters make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Why? What's wrong some with it? The, some of the designs of these monsters make me feel oh, very yeah. uncomfortable. And that's the point. It's yeah. We'll look at it. I'm look it up. Yeah, but, just the eyeball thing, and then like the weird. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. This movie. Um, Hmm. Oh, uh, you know what? I've seen the, uh, I've seen the the, uh, the the cover for this. Yes, it's if you like if if you like, um, yeah, watch this movie, you guys. It's bananas. Oh, it's on Prime. I'm gonna have to check it out. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh God, no. Mm-mm. No, trust me. Oh yeah, that that's a weird looking creature there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. is that a, is that a Japanese is, production or an American? It's a, is that an Japanese. American production or Japanese? It's Japanese. That's got to be okay. Japanese. There's no way. There's no way an American would made anything close to that. But yeah, crazy. that's full on. That's like a hundred foot tall body horror. Is what they yeah. yeah. But they also they also just like um, 
they address things where it's just like, oh, finally this is explain. You know, like uh, there's. Well, I'm just. I'll, I'm gonna send this to you in uh, uh, the chat there, Mario. Uh, or oh, do we have a chat here? Yeah. We do. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good, good. Oh, let's see. <laughs> what am I looking at? I'm not sure I can open that up and still stay on the show. Let's see. Oh my god. Phone. Looks pretty bad, huh? Yeah. That's, he trans- that's, that's he, hilarious. He's frozen in this giant thing where he's like, Well, I gotta I gotta get in this first, so when I transform, that's hilarious. I'm not naked. Yeah, it's it's real funny. I'm gonna have to check it out. That's great. Oh, Steve O left. Yeah. Bye, Steve O. <laughs> Bye, Steve O. Bye, Steve O. He's gonna check it out. Steve O just dropped that on and was like later. So what does it look like a David Cronenberg thing, like Brundlefly or <laughs> it, kind of. It looks I, like it looks very I closed the wrong window. I can only apologize. You look great, Steve. It's fine. Thank you much. Hey, we gotta uh, you, for time's sake. Yes. Let's get on to uh let's get on to Batman uh returns because uh Jake Jake here has a hard out. No, oh, y'all can right. y'all can keep going. As long no, 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 but we, we want to get your take on the movie first. So we'll go first. You'll go first, and then we can talk about it after. And then we have to wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. Yeah, don't let me stop you guys. No, from you, a good we, time. no, no, no. You, we're, we're mm. having a good time because okay, you're here. We're having a good time <laughs> because you're here. Okay, don't mm, forget that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you mean? Right, Mikey? Right. I don't know. I, I just found out Home Video Hustle did this too. This is the first time we've ever. I done saw this. that too. I just saw it. Too. <laughs> it was the first time. I sent the. I sent the. We're going to beat them by a day, but uh, they, I think they already recorded it. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, they, they copied were, us actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, not only did they steal Anita from us, they uh, they took uh, they took. Uh, I, we don't know what happened to Anita. She was uh, she was on a trip. And then uh, we, huh? we haven't heard back. We haven't heard back. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming. Look, I'm assuming, Anita. We love you. There's no hard feelings. Look, you live with a podcaster. You're gonna do that show. That's just how it works. <laughs> like the, you're part of that show now. I don't. Uh, I don't have any hard feelings. Yeah. Although I yeah. do. I do miss her. Uh, her. I like Anita because I'll tell you what Anita did when she first started listening to the show. She went back and tried to watch every movie in the Digital Movie Club. She was oh, really wow. adamant. Commitment. She was really adamant about watching a lot of the movies. So God bless. I think her she got that. pretty close too. She she watched a lot of them. So now she's mm-hmm. in the now she's in the home video hustle world. So she's watching all that stuff. So that's got to be boy. That's just what a what a what a film school that is. What a mm-hmm. that's just a lot of movies thrown at you in a short amount of time. So. She's really, uh, she's really, she's really, you know, really become a something. Not a. What do I want to say? She's become something of an aficionado now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And movie buff, let's say. So. Which I love. I love that. Love that for them. But uh, we do miss you, Anita. So anytime mm-hmm. you want to come on back and grace us with your presence, it's hard because we we do it in the middle of the day and she works. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 So okay. yeah. It's okay. I've got uh, I've got Steve O'Dockerson and uh, Mikey Beck, so I'm not sweating. I'm only employable as a troll. <laughs> that's well, <laughs> me too. When I'm on the internet, that's pretty much that's the role I inhabit, especially on the sports blogs. But uh, if you're a San Francisco or San Diego fan, watch out because I'm coming for you. Um, let's talk about Batman Returns, a movie I'd completely forgotten about. Uh, How did you forget a Tim Burton? Well, Batman. I started thinking about movies that were non-traditional Christmas movies. You know, we've talked about some of them. We did Lethal Weapon. We've done Gremlins. 
Uh, I tend to forget about Edward Scissorhands being. It's it's amazing how many are done by Burton. And then you have mm. uh, then you have uh, 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 your Nightmare Before Christmas, obviously. Uh, but then Batman Returns. I forgot this takes place at Christmas time. And uh, we did the original Batman, and I had not watched this movie. There was a time where I watched, I, I think I owned this movie on VHS, and I must have watched it dozens of times. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it when it first came out. And I was like, well, wh- let me see if it holds up. Probably 20 years after the last time I've watched it. And uh, we'll find out if it does. So, Jake, uh, how familiar were you with uh, Batman? Oh, first of all, Jake has to give us the rundown. Jake has to give us the breakdown. Yeah. yeah the- Batman Returns directed by tim burton um released june 16th in hollywood june 19th for the rest of the united states uh had a uh, it's got a budget between 50 and 80 million how much oh. do you think it make uh, what was the budget 50 uh, 80 million? somewhere between 50 and 80 so uh, mikey hmm. would you care to you are a guest would you like to go first 105 million uh, Steve-O, you are our guest. Would you like to go second? It's a Christmas. Uh, it's a Christmas blockbuster. This is the movie people are seeing uh, uh, after they've unwrapped all their presents. Uh, I'm going to say we're we're going uh, in the neighborhood of like 250 million. Uh, John, would you care to? Uh... Yeah, I think Steve-O's right in the ballpark because the, as much money as this made, and it was a big hit, it didn't make the kind of money the first movie made, which is why they no. were a little disappointed at warner's it's like what you know we wanted it to make like 500 million you know so i think he's right on the i think he's on the right track so i'll say um it made like 275 i'm gonna go 195 closest without going over be the steve o'dockerson with 266.8 million dollars there you go that's a, that's lot, a lot of, of money. That's but a lot of money. I think the first one did like I think the first one did something like four hundred and fifty or something. So it's kind of like the Lion King makes a buttload of money, makes like a billion dollars. So when the next movie doesn't make that, they're like, oh, eh, I think Disney's losing its touch. <laughs> it yeah. didn't make five hundred million dollars. You know, first one's budget was forty eight million and uh, brought in four hundred eleven million in box office. Wow. Um. It it also like watching this uh, again. It's just like oh yeah, this is as much as the first one really influenced like the animated series. This one influenced mm-hmm. the animated series. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see if we can guess what uh, what 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 old Leonard Malton gave it. Are you ready? So uh, this is what old Leonard Malton says. Uh, the old Leonard Ball. Nasty, nihilistic nightmare movie about an abandoned freak baby who grows up to be the penguin. A deadly threat to Gotham City, especially when he teams up with a megalomaniac, Max Shrek. I forgot that's his name. That's great. Meanwhile, Batman finds a more personal enemy in Catwoman. Rich performances, dazzling production design, and occasional cleverness can't make up for a dark mean-spirited, and often incoherent screenplay. What do you guys think he gave it on a scale of bomb, which is zero, to four stars? Mikey? Uh, I'll say he gave it two. Uh, Steve-O? Yeah, two sounds right. John? Yeah, boy, that's a real mixed review he gave there. He starts off. Um, uh, I'll say two and a half. Uh, Jake? I like two and a half. That sounds about right. Uh, the bo- the guest habits too. Two stars. That's the crazy uh, thing about Leonard Maltin. He'll like rip on it and go, yeah, two stars. 
he always uh, finds something. That, that opening, yeah, he always tries to find something redeemable. He, he rarely, he's not, he's the opposite of Halliwell, who got real snarky and mean-spirited with the reviews. And Malton would always try to say, well, you know, it's it's got this going for it. He just doesn't want to be that negative, you know? Right. Right. Uh, he, he He's the, the, when I was first starting to, you know, get into movies and figuring out that, you you know, how to not rank them, but just figure out what I liked and, and why I liked it. He, his stuff was always a big help. His stuff was always very easy to read and, 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 uh, and it was a big help. And I found myself, you know, really, um, I would agree with him a lot, you know? Um, so he's always been kind of my favorite critic cause he seems more man of the people to me. He's a fan. He truly loves old movies in particular. Nobody's more knowledgeable about old movies and he's not writing to impress like somebody at the New Yorker. He writes for the people that are going to rent it or watch it or spend two hours watching something. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right, Mario. I mean, and he's a fan and so he's not in it, you know, the, you know, to be an asshole. He's in there to, to try to help you decide whether you should watch it or not. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, Jake, when, yes. how familiar were you with Batman Returns? Did you already seen this? I've seen it a few times before. I watched the first one a lot more, but this one is, is a little odd. It's an odd one, especially for, even for Tim Burton. Um, yeah, the story's, the story's kind of all over the place. And the the freak the freak baby of penguin I thought was uh, <laughs> an interesting choice. And it's like, oh yeah, let's just make this let's just make this crazy guy who is eating raw fish walking down the stairs. Let's just make him mayor. Let's go ahead right. and some dude's fucking face. <laughs> yeah, but you get to see the great Chad Hooks uh, for a quick second. Yeah. Oh, what a what, that was a treat. The great character. You know, I don't, I, I hate to digress. I, I just wanted to tell you, Jake, the whole thing with him being an actual freak that uh, Tim Burton said, you know, he was always the least interesting villain uh, for him because it's just this fat guy with a cigarette holder. So he yeah, said, we've got, to turn him in, yeah. we've got to turn him into something frightening, you know, because he doesn't have the scare factor that the Joker and some of those other guys have. So he said, we can't just have this be some fat guy in a top hat. So that's why, you know, because it's Burton, he said, let's make him an actual freak, you know. But they get some pretty, you get some pretty funny moments with him trying to blow up the whole city with uh, remote controlled penguins with rockets on their backs. So that's fun. I love so that. that's, uh, there's some, there's some very quirky moments mixed with like some very odd, like you kind of have to suspend your disbelief with the story at points where you're like, oh, what was it towards the end where um, Batman and Catwoman are just like, they're just talking like he's not even like, what's his name? What was the guy? Uh, Oh Lord, Bruce Wayne? No, not Bruce Wayne. It's the Alfred what, Shrek. Yeah, Max Shrek. Oh, Max Shrek. Yeah, Max Shrek was just uh, sitting there in the background as they're just ripping off their masks and just revealing their identities to it. <laughs> I forgot two things. I forgot how good Danny DeVito is in this. He does do a great. He does a really great job. And I forgot how good. I forgot how much Christopher Walken's in it, and how good he is. He is great yeah. in that role. He's yeah. really, really good as uh he, I, go ahead, go ahead, Steve. Oh, no, I I don't it's it's I like to me, I, I it, he just seemed devoid of anything. Just like why don't you you should build my my power plant? You've been kidnapped, your son's threatened. Okay, 
You you didn't like that, huh? You thought he was underplaying he just, it. He, he didn't give much of a perform. It was just always like one note the whole time. I mean, he's always Christopher Walken. Yeah, but even even more Christopher Walken than usual. I, see, I think this is a better performance than he has in V to a Kill, which a lot of people absolutely, absolutely. You know, he could have been the bad guy. You know what I mean? And there's a version of this movie where he could have been the apps, you know, the big villain. But you've got to get the Catwoman and the Penguin in there. But he's strong enough to be his own villain, you know. Michael, are you booing? Uh, are you booing Vito Akil? Are you booing uh, Max Zorn? Who are you booing in that situation? Booing Sh- I'm booing Shrek over Zorn. Oh, you really? Vito Akil, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You would do that because you and you, you've convinced yourself Vito Akil is a good movie. Uh, it is. It is. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> awesome. It is bottom five. I love you, but no, it is bottom no. five. <laughs> it is the first Bond movie I saw in a theater, and I still rank it bottom five. <laughs> Gee, that should have given it a little more halftime. <laughs> yeah, nope. <laughs> no, no. Mm. Even as a kid, I was like, why is he on a fire engine? This is boring. <laughs> <laughs> If that was Goldfinger, he would have been riding the back of a jet or something. Right. <laughs> Goldfinger. Uh, I still I still love you, Michael. Uh, I still love you. It's quite a view <laughs> to a kill. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. Really? I, liked, I really forgot. It. I liked uh, Max Shrek in this. Maybe I'm just, uh, you know, maybe I was just wowed by the fact that I hadn't seen it in so long and I forgot that he's in it and he's in I'm it so a, much. Uh, I'm a Fortune 500 uh, uh, guy. I'm going to push a lady out the window and then wear the most ridiculous suit, even for a Tim Burton movie, and name my son Chip. And uh, I do love that his name was Chip. I like that the guy playing his son just was doing a Christopher Walken impression. (laughs) Yeah, like, Dad, Dad, run, save yourself. Dad, save yourself. (laughs) Oh, no. good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a chip. Off the old block. (laughs) (laughs) Please, take me instead. Also, a lot of of poop references in that movie. I forgot. You flush down the toilet, I put on my mantle. I'm sorry. I went to Taco Bell. I I forgot how much how well, he lives in a sewer. He lives in a sewer. You're gonna get jokes about shit. I guess. You know? Oh, you can't, yeah, for, can't forget the the. What was what did he? Oh God! What did the penguin say when Catwoman is sitting there in uh in his office? Oh God! Just like just very just a little ooh. Yeah, I forgot how much of a lech he was in this one. He's very lecherous. I forgot really. They really just hammer it. Oh, but (laughs) I mean, I mean, come on, you guys. You get to hear Christopher Walken utter probably uh, one of his greatest lines of all time, and that is "unlimited poontang." Come on, how do you not love that line, you guys? <laughs> God, <laughs> unlimited poontang in a Batman movie. That's a great. That's a real <laughs> Taking your target audience real well. There. Yeah, I don't. The parents did not dig this one. This is the one yeah. where the parents were like, you know, this is dark from the first five minutes. This is way too dark for the kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's well, worse. Oh, go ahead, Steve-O. Oh, um, first five minutes, we, we have Pee-wee and Simone. They had a baby. Let's see what happens. Oh, we throw them into the, into the world's shittiest zoo. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's Simone. That's yeah, Simone. Simone yeah, yeah, yeah. 
what a great. That's great. I'll tell you, they ne- neither one of them says anything, but mm-hmm. boy, that that's a pretty good five minutes for both of them. They really sell it, you know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Uh, I can't remember, <laughs> but what uh, n- nothing uh, Penguin does or says makes me as 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 as, as uncomfortable as watching Michelle Pfeiffer guzzle milk out of the carton. That is probably the mm. most, that is just like, yikes. Uh, this is, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. <laughs> also a very interesting take on Catwoman. She died and was resurrected by cats. Right. <laughs> like, okay. That's, yeah, I don't know. What oh, that was, oh, no, that was no, a choice. oh, 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 you guys, what we've done is y- you've brought that up. And let's, 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 oh God. So Catwoman just guzzling milk. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, I hate to even say it. Um, just, uh, the penguin walks down just while like stuffing, like putting a fi- like his face in a fish. Right. Oh God. The symbolism Tim needs to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. There's some very uncomfortable scenes in this symbolism. movie. Uh, he's like, he's like Robert Crumb. He works out his problems through his art. You, know? yeah. <laughs> like, you go, Jesus. It's like, well, I can do this or I can be on the streets doing something. Right. There's know? a line. There's a line. I took notes um, that, that uh, Selena Kyle says, uh, talking to Bruce Wayne, just so-called normal guys always let you down. I like the weirdos. I'm like, you made a career, Tim Burton, Timothy Olivia Burton. You came up with a career. <laughs> you just wanted a pretty girl to say that on film. Right. That's like, that's, right. Not, that's like, right. that's like, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, yeah, Quentin Tarantino writing himself into the scene where Salma Hayek makes him drink tequila off her foot in uh, Dust yeah. Till Dawn. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know what? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're absolutely you right, Steve-O. You do that on purpose. Director <laughs> like, of yeah. uh, That's good. John, that's a great reference, uh, bringing up uh, Robert Crumb, like working it out through your art. Just <laughs> Yeah, because if they didn't, I mean, who knows what the hell they'd be doing. You know? <laughs> that's crazy. So, Going back to Futurama, there was a... Uh, there was a um, uh, they were talking about uh, Robert Crumb on the Futurama... Really? Uh, episode and uh, he's like, "Yeah, we we wanted just to drive Robert Crumb crazy." And Billy West was like, "Oh, somebody beat you to it." Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's beautiful. I don't remember that. I wonder if that's one of the newer. There's it was still, a, it was a still commentary. Fun. It was in the commentary. That's a very. Oh, deep. okay. Oh, wow. How great is that? You yeah. know, like on the DVD, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Deep cut. Well. They're still, you know, they're still cranking them out. I think they're still working on new Futuramas. And it's from on, what I can see, it's on Hulu. They haven't, and they haven't missed the beat. From what I can, from what I can tell, they still, they still got it. You know, it's a great show. Uh, before you leave, Jake, it's two o'clock. I know you got to get out of here. What, uh, what are you going to rank, uh, Batman? Any final thoughts? And then your your ranking. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, there's some very uncomfortable. There are some uncomfortable scenes in there, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. Just, uh, just give it a six. Give it a six. Okay. What was your? Yeah, what, it was pretty what, good. It was okay, but not not your favorite. Not my favorite. No, I like the first one more. All right. Where do you rank the Penguin up against uh, the Jack Nicholson uh, Joker? Ooh, I I do love I do love Jack Nicholson, so I'd have to say Jack Nicholson right. over okay Danny DeVito. All right. Yeah. Uh, the penguin was kind of boring. It was if it wasn't Burgess Meredith, there was no reason for him to. You know, you're always more uh, into the Riddler or the Joker, mm-hmm. or, the yeah. Yeah. or the Catwoman, or whatever. 
Uh, Jake, have a great shift, man. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, buddy. Merry Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, we won't be back. We we won't see you again until after the New Year. So, yeah, Happy New Year, bud. Be safe out there, man. I will. Wish me luck. Hey, don't you you go changing. Yeah, and also also with you. Hey, may the force be. Go get (laughs) him. Not a scratch. Not a scratch. Hey. They stand to be. Bye, Jake. Oh, we miss Jake. It's a good egg. The old space pirate. Uh, Mikey Bags, when was the last time you watched uh, Batman Returns? Uh, I think I saw it like a couple of years ago last. Um, I did watch it today before we recorded. Did you love it? Um, no, wel- I didn't. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's my <laughs> gift to you. <laughs> uh, this is It's a weird film. It's, it is. It's kind of... It's Tim Burton just kind of just doing a Tim Burton film, not really doing a Batman film. It's more of a let's be weird with the villains movie and then kind of throw Batman in there. And I think I heard some interview before where he said, like, Batman was the least interesting thing to him as a character. And he was more interested in the villains. And you can kind of usually tell with those films because it's. The first one's more about the Choker than it is Batman. This one's more about Catwoman and Penguin. And I do like the Batman parts. Uh, I do like Michael Keaton as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. Uh, there's some there's some good one-liners like when Mac, Max Shrek, like when Batman reveals himself and Max Shrek's like, "Hey, wh- Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed as Batman?" And <laughs> Catwoman's he is Batman, you idiot. And then that is a great line, yeah. And then earlier in Max Trek's like, oh, thank you. You saved me, Batman. He's like, shut up. You're going to jail. Love it. Michael Keaton is really good. And uh, I forgot that he's kind of a side character in this one. You're right, yeah. Mikey Bags. Um, but boy, it's really too bad that they didn't continue with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Uh, because he really is good. He really is good as Bruce. He's a He's an interesting Bruce Wayne. A lot of the times yeah. Bruce Wayne kind of falls by the wayside, even in the Christian Bale uh, version Bruce Wayne is an they make him a little too wooden and he actually gives him some some zip you know he's kind of eccentric almost like a almost like an absent-minded professor you know <laughs> right right the vichy the vichy yeah. sir uh he puts just yeah. enough humor in it to make it interesting you know right yeah he's not this he's he's a very warm Bruce Wayne he's yeah. not this like aloof guy it's like yeah. you'd actually want to hang out with that guy You'd actually yeah. want you'd actually want to hang out with that version of Bruce Wayne, you know? yeah. And uh, and Alfred, just oh my God, Alfred's so yeah. good. Oh yeah, Michael Goff. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's a he is a he great, is Alfred. He is. I'll a, take I'll take the stairs, sir. Yes, yes. He's vicious. And then he gets strong. there faster. He gets there faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. listen, Alfred's a capable. There's a reason Batman survived this long, man. And it's because of Alfred. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. of Alfred. I like that he's always doing like he's always ironing. They've always got some bit of business. <laughs> what are you doing? He's the, but, he's the butler. Yeah, yeah he's he's like, he's like polishing the china or something. You know. Shall I shall, uh, shall I tell them that we'll not be you'll you won't be attending the party? No, rip. Actually, I will. He just like looks at it like <laughs> you. Ju- I have to return this now, you asshole. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't know how it was ripped. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. I'm Alfred Pennywise, the butler. I'm very. Yeah. 
He he's a very warm Alfred too. I love uh, yeah. any of the scenes. He's so good. You can tell the way he plays it. He's so good at getting rid of women for Bruce Wayne. He's so, he's got it down to like a science. Ah, the number four, sir. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he works up a number six on him and then just does it. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, and then yeah, Batman calls it like uh, you know like oh yeah like how Vicky Vale found herself in there. Alfred, remember that? Remember that? Right. Ew. Well, Alfred remembers everything. I'll go and fuck myself then. <laughs> wedge myself between the uh, Batmobile and the giant dinosaur, and I'll just go and fuck myself. <laughs> That's the way. Very good. Oh, Alfred. I'll just take this picture of Aunt Harriet and go to town. Aunt Harriet. I forgot about it. This is Aunt the Harriet. most. I love it. Aunt this Harriet. is the most uh, TV show movie that there is right i know no, i know no. that um uh, the schumachers uh, are more he, a tv show <laughs> no, well he he want like schumacher wanted it to be like the old tv show this is absolutely like the movie version of the tv show because like this like the way that you know like miss uh christmas or whatever like the, the uh-huh. movie was, oh that's you know, true miss gotham yeah right and just yeah. like they have everybody all um like the way people respond to things and you've got some goons who are just like yeah we're we're just we're just gooning around right. um yeah goon also, number one and goon number two yeah <laughs> i so as i was watching the first you know t- 10 minutes of it there's there's not an asian in this movie this whole movie um there's not <laughs> what a crazy there's, there's, maybe, there's well there's maybe like three black people in all of gotham apparently um if that, yeah. What but, happened to Lando? Who knows? Um, oh, what happened to Harvey Dent in the first movie? He it looks like he's gonna be oh, Two Face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they um, kind of they went a different direction. He was supposed to be Two Face. But they have you know like all of the clown folks, and uh, as someone who had I I without without going through my phone, I know several fire eaters. I know several stilt walkers and unicyclists. And the second Batman showed up, all of them people were like, no, we're looking for other gigs, man. It's Christmas. What do you do? We, like, no. <laughs> I'm, I I don't want to get hit with a Batmobile. Also, Batman kills several people in this movie. Right, right. He, yeah. he, murders, yeah. he murders with his car yeah. the flamethrower guy and then straps a bunch of dynamite to a guy Throws him down and just like yeah, you n- you never yeah. you never see him die though, Steve. That's the thing. That's a throwback to Batman Thirty Nine, where he's got like machine guns on the bat plane. You know, it's like uh, you know, it's a throwback to the original Batman. Oh yeah, he's a vigilante, I guess, by any means necessary. <laughs> <It's> right. like, <laughs> he's like the Charles Bronson. Right. Yeah. Ooh, that's kind of what he is originally. He's, yeah, it kind of is like Death Wish. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like Bronson. You, you've opened it up. You've opened it up. Charles Bronson gets to be anybody in the Batman universe. Who do you cast uh, Charles Bronson uh, as? As Batman. Batman. As Batman. Batman. Yeah. With the with the mustache. Because I mean, that, what is Death Wish? It's Batman without the cowl and cape. You know, it's yeah. like he's going to go out looking for trouble. I mean, it really is uh, a wish fulfillment. You know, but it is. But you do it Cesar Romero style, where he's got the cowl on, but the mustache. He's got the Bronson, <laughs> the little Bronson mustache. You know, because he's avenging his wife. You know, it's his wife and his daughter. It's it's, it's practically right out of Batman. You know, mm-hmm. he's avenging his his mom and dad. You know, so yeah, when you think about it, that's. Yeah. 
Yeah, if he's playing a villain, then it's got to be Two Face, I suppose. <laughs> Two Face is good. Charles Benson, yeah, I'm. This is my bad Two Face voice, and this is my good Two Face voice. Yeah. And the makeup man says, "Okay, we got to really work on the side that looks normal." <laughs> it's, like, it's like we've already got the crazy face. Now we got to really do the one that's like that. Yeah, it's just him going. You, it looks like we're one hobby horse short, Batman. <laughs> you brought two too many, and then he throws the batarang and cuts the Joker's head off. You know, that's right. But yeah, just that kind of stuff. Instead of a coin, he's got his harmonica. <laughs> I love it, uh, Mikey. So you were not impressed. This no. is this is a chore for you. Uh, were there any highlights for you? Did you enjoy any part of it? So you enjoyed Bruce Wayne. Did you enjoy I enjoyed Bruce Wayne? I enjoyed Alfred. Right. Um, I like I enjoyed when Batman was actually doing stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, I I wasn't that much of a fan of the Penguin stuff or the Catwoman stuff. She's fine when she's Selena Kyle, but she amps it up to fifteen as Catwoman. That's just eh. like that with the with the bullwhip and the uh, yeah. the beating people up and all that. You think it's too much? Well, yeah, I, I just I wasn't really a huge fan of it, really. Too hammy. Too what, hammy. What I, I prefer the I prefer the TV series actually. <laughs> Batman Ooh. Returns. Julie Moore, jeez. Would yeah. a would a Ooh. different Catwoman have worked better for you? Uh, no, because Tim Burton would have put too much of his DNA into it, and they would have hammed it up that's, no matter who it was. That's a serious. I mean, when you see when you see that outfit with the stitches, everyone goes, "Oh yeah." It's a Tim Burton cat woman <laughs> right. with all, all the stitches all over the vinyl. You're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> the only thing I, I heard that outfit was like really a pain in the ass for Michelle Pfeiffer to wear. Like it would like restrict her breathing. And it was like really hard for her to get out of it. And like she would, she couldn't hear herself when she was acting. So like, I, I bet that was hard, like to not scream out all her lines. That explains Catwoman. so much. That really does explain. Well, it's a nightmare. It's it's like it's like the bat suit. They say it's a nightmare. You can't go to the bathroom. You're claustrophobic. You don't have any peripheral vision because of the cowl. And it, yeah, it's. She said she went through pretty much what he went through. It's an impossible outfit uh, to to move around in and to emote with. You know. Why would you pick that for yourself? You know, it's she a Batman just, movie. You, you kind of know what you're signing up for, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Do the cats resurrect her? And if so, I want to know one thing. How did she not come out of that without pink eye? Those are like street cats. They're just like <laughs> rubbing all over her. There's got to be, someone's getting pink eye or ringworm or something. Someone's getting, there's, there's something. Yeah, getting, or, or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, is, that out of, is that out of Batman Year One, the idea that she's resurrected somehow? Through some cat spirit. Is that anything? She's I think like a she gets pushed out a window. She's like a prostitute that gets pushed out a window. Is no, that Batman Year One? I don't know the Batman lore and like that. Uh that's I, a pretty big one, Batman Year One. That was Frank Miller, right? I think that was this was this predates Batman Year One. Uh oh, maybe, but it's it's after the Dark Knight, yeah. Yeah. Both this, this the predates, first two movies are this, definitely dark. Yeah, Knight. this because this is nineteen ninety. So this is so maybe Miller is doing uh maybe he's maybe he's riffing on this that she falls out a window and the cats sort of bring her back. Yeah, I don't it's know. Kind of, it is a kind of an odd thing, yeah. It's very Tim, but it it works in a Tim Burton movie though. No, it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily work for Batman, but it works in a Tim Burton movie. You know? Yeah. 
Steve-O, how did you feel about this one? Did you like, are you a fan of the first uh, Batman? No. Um, Love it? It's, I, I don't, like, I liked the animated series more than the movies. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. And yeah. like watching this one, it, it it is like an old TV. It's it's it feels like Tim Burton made a TV like the uh, directing the old TV show. Like I'm gonna make the movie I want to make. Right. Um. Just let let's put let's put stripes on everything. Yes, that's my oh ah, God. I, I love what you said that shit. That's what you. That's yeah. I always say that about uh, Tim Burton. Man, let's just stripe it up. Um. He like he I um I love Michelle Pfeiffer in this, like when I when I saw this as as um, when I was eleven, that helped stampede me toward puberty. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh, um, Tim Burton does not have a very uh, nuanced view of women. Um, at you know at least at this time, I I I believe people grow as people, but it. She either is a uh, a subdued, awkward personal secretary or a literal sex kitten, and it's only when she's trying to figure out which one she is where she's kind of interesting. But she's a it's a great performance, uh, steals the show. Um, you know, uh, Danny DeVito do is was um, like acting through that suit was had to have been just. An absolute nightmare. Uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, I it, it, it. There were some other tropes that I wrote down that I forgot that I always hate, um, where it's like, oh, it's a fancy dress party. Everyone has masks on sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and and. Uh, does anybody not... do that outside of eyes wide shut? Does anybody do that anymore? <laughs> Anytime it's got to be like, hey, let's have a fancy, let's have a fancy, you know, costume party. It's either like very elaborate costumes or like the masquerade ones that are also very elaborate. That's not like any party I've ever been to or ever heard about. It's the most unrealistic thing in the history of anything. Uh, And I've worked some fancy parties where it's just like if they said like if you were going to a party, it's like they have that people would show up and be like, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. I'm or they or, or, or they'd go way too um, uh, elaborate, and they w- it wouldn't just be the mask; it'd be the whole, you know, it'd be the whole thing. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's in some ways it's better than I thought, but in a lot of other ways, I'm like, this is. Hey, 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 Tim, buddy, you get, like you should talk to somebody. <laughs> like. We get it, man. We get it. It's okay. You're gonna be fine. Are you not a Tim um, Burton guy, Stevo? I go back and forth because some of the stuff that he's done, I really like, but some of it, it's just it's it, it's all the same. Right. There is a um, sameness to it. And there's also the cult of personality to all of his stuff, where people just are like, um, and that that could be this the same thing of of so many people who like will uh cult of personality like i love everything this person has ever done right. so i'm not going to question it and then you kind of fall out of that and you, re- you look back and like oh this isn't as good as as you know like right. ed wood is a lot better than i thought right um mars attacks is is pretty okay uh sleepy hollow also pretty good 
but it's the same movie as everything else. Like um, Danny Elfman's scores are good, but it's the same one over and over. Right. You've got like, you've got, you know, a, a minor seventh into a, uh, you know, into a minor fifth, like chord. Um, that's the song. And then like a children's choir, like, la, 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 right. la, la. It's that, and it's just like you're not. It's it's the same thing over and over again, with you know, um, and it's not, it's not bad. It's just that like there's not enough variation to make anything. Um, oh, she's throwing around the microphone. Keep, keep Look going, Stevo. Sorry, we had a little. Boy, oh boy. We had a little. Uh, we had a little. <laughs> Guest appearance by my wife. She just started to come in and Godzilla all of the equipment in the, uh, in the, yeah. Uh, but you're uh, you're right though. But see, what do you think that has to do with the fact that he can't read music, uh, Danny Elfman? Do you think that has to do with? I don't know, uh, no, because that's fine. That's fine. Um, I I myself I can kind of read music. Look at that. Look at that little Ewok there. Oh. He's holding he's holding up an Ewok. I'm not speaking of his wife. That's not yeah. My I'm... my wife is the Ewok. That's her nickname. Um, but no, it's just, it's, uh, they wanted him to do another movie. So he did another movie and he made it more, uh, Tim Burton-y, which is, which is fine. It's just, um, uh, I actually will, I would prefer out of all of the Batman movies, uh, that don't star Adam West. Uh, this is my favorite. Oh, right, okay. All right. Okay. So shark repellent trumps uh, yes. eating fish. Yes. Trump, tr tr shark repellent trumps uh, unlimited poontang. I cannot stop right. saying that. I have not heard the, the phrase poontang since... Uh, shark I can't repellent... Uh, since Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah. Since, <laughs> since I was mustered out of the, out of, uh, the, the infantry in Vietnam is what the... Uh, but it's... it's um, but yeah, if this movie didn't exist in the way that it did... We wouldn't have gotten, uh, you know, Batman the Enemy of the Series, right. which is fantastic because, like, uh, the people who made that were like, well, we want something lo that looks dark and kind of angular and art deco. Who can we get to do this? Oh, Mike Mignola. And they got Mike Mignola to do it and uh, to do all the character designs for it. And he, because right. he did Hellboy. Right. And so, like, that kind of kick started that. So it's, I, I don't know that I will see this movie again uh, on purpose. Um, I really wanted to bring the Christmas spirit into the show. This Do you think that this movie was successful in bringing the... Gotham is, Gotham is a depressing-ass place to have Christmas. I'll tell you that. Oh, my God, yeah. But I, uh, if, if, if it's 1992 or whatever, and this movie comes out, uh, and, and you watch it as Christmas, it's going to make your Christmas. That's going to be like... I had I had a great Christmas. I watched a, a, a new Batman movie. Right. Uh, I give it a, a six. Six, Mikey Bags. What do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give it a six as well. Six as well, John. What do you give it, John? Wait, wait. Let's talk about John real quick. How did you feel? You love the first Batman with Jack Nicholson. How do you feel about this one? How do you? Where do you? Where do you land on this one? I always feel very lonely talking about this movie because I don't know anybody, and I'm not exaggerating, I don't know anybody that particularly likes this movie, and certainly they don't put it like on the top Batman movies. 
I always liked this movie, and I always liked it better than the first one. As much as I liked the first one, it's cool to see Nicholson as the Joker. It's, it you know, it was kind of a breath of fresh air. There hadn't been a Batman movie since the '60s, so people kind of like forget that that was really sort of a different feel. That first one was a whole different approach. Yeah. But I think the second one doubled down on all the dark stuff, and mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Um, it works for me. I know it's very freaky. It's very dark. It's very there's not enough Batman. I agree with everybody on that. There's not enough Batman, which you get is pretty cool. But this really is about the villains. Burton didn't want to do a sequel. The only way they could get him was he said, I want absolute control. I want more control over how it looks and how the script. And because he said the first one, oddly enough, it's only about 50 percent of what he wanted. The first one feels very Tim Burtony. And he said he only got about 50 percent of what he wanted. And the studio kind of leaned on him to do other things. So he said, I don't want to do a sequel, but if I'm going to do it, you got to let me do it my way. So that's why this one looks so you know, batshit crazy, no pun intended. It's um, it's just Burton working out, you know, he, he's more interested in the villains. And um, yeah, so you've got a penguin that's never going to look as freak show as this penguin. And it is a tribute to Danny DeVito that it's such a great acting job yeah. coming through the makeup and the fat suit. It's right. it's remarkable. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I like the Catwoman stuff. I mean, nobody for me, nobody's ever going to beat Julie Umar. So what can you do? It's almost like a, it's it's very difficult. But I thought she did a pretty pretty good job. Um, so yeah, the whole movie's a freak show, but I I kind of dig it. I, it. It's got a great look to it, and um, it kind of works. But I don't know anybody else that likes this movie. They all say the same thing. Eh. They just don't dig it. It's it's too dark. It's too weird. It's too long. There's not enough Batman. But until the Christopher Nolan Batman's, this is my this was my favorite Batman movie. You know, and um, is Christopher Nolan went in a whole different direction. But and, uh, but until then, I hated this. You know, obviously, I hated the two Joel Schumacher Batmans. The first one. The more I watch it, the more I see the stuff that doesn't work. You know, it should work better mm-hmm. than it does, and. Um, but at the time, I thought it was amazing, and I thought I thought this one was pretty cool the first time I saw it, and it held up. I watched it last night for the first time in years, and it held up. I kept waiting for something to not work for me. I was like Mario. I was amazed that there was as much Christopher Walken as there was. I right. thought, I kind of thought he came on, and then he kind of got shoved inside. He's really through the whole movie, and it's amazing that he holds his own with all these people wearing makeup and suits and craziness in just a striped suit. He's kind of holding his own against these other guys, you know? Right. That's what I felt. And I his, felt that way too. And his, yeah. And, his, and he's menacing and, and you don't, you really don't count him out until the very end. My God, he makes it to the end of the movie practically, you know? So I think Mario, like you, I was thinking in my head because of the weird haircut, I kept thinking that he came off like, um, like Zorin in the, in a view to a kill. And watching it last Careful. night, I'm like, "Oh no, he's, he's much sharper." Yeah, I'm not. I'm not baiting. Uh, I'm not baiting Mike. It's just that in my head, I thought, "Oh yeah, I he." I thought, "Oh, he just played this kind of like that." And I thought, "No, no, he's playing. He's actually, I mean, he's always Christopher Walken." But I thought he's playing this almost like a Donald Trump. I mean, the way Trump was back in you know the '80s and '90s when he was just New York's problem and not <laughs> not the world's. World. He was just an asshole that you know cut corners and fucked people over right. and you go this is probably part of what he's doing he's playing asshole imperialist that kind of pulls strings and does things real shady in new york 
I, so I'm thinking probably that's who they had in mind when they <laughs> when they came up with this guy. But um, anyway, so for me, it pretty much start to finish, it worked. But you did give me some food for thought, um, uh, Mike and Steve-O, that it, in its own way, it is it is kind of like the TV show. I never really thought of that. I always thought it was the Schumachers that looked like the TV show, but that's only in a very shallow way because it's so day glow. This, because of all the gadgets and, and goofy stuff, this this also kind of is a callback to the TV show. And it gave me some food for thought when you guys pointed that out because there is there's a definite vibe that does shout back to the Adam West Batman. <laughs> uh, well, in a lot of ways, I mean, it's it's dark and like, Leonard Maltin said it is, you know, it is a bit nihilistic and, and weird and crazy. And there's some stuff that, like you said, you, everybody's pointed to that he's obviously working some stuff out, but it is fun. It is kind of there's a some fun, humor too, there's some yeah. humor in it too. And yeah. uh, sometimes that Tim Burton humor can be really good. I mean, look at Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? That it works on that level, but that's also a lot of Paul Rubens infused in there as well. Um, yeah, John, I, I, you know, I didn't, it wasn't, I was expecting it to not hold up and I was shocked that it held up as well as it did. Although I think some of the stuff struck me as just odd. Uh, yeah. Some of the choices hurt. struck me as odd, but uh, I didn't hate it. I thought I was, I was like, wow, I really, you know, this is a movie that kind of, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a kind of like a, um, you know, it takes place at Christmas. I wanted something that took place at Christmas, but wasn't necessarily a Christmas movie. And this is as far away from a Christmas movie as you can get being set in Christmas, even right. farther, even farther away as something like Die Hard. Uh, it's cool to see Batman fighting it out in the snow. You know, you don't see cool. that very often, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. unless he's with Mr. Freeze or something. You don't see him operating in the snow. And um, so I'm glad you liked it better than you thought, because I always feel very lonely because most people I talk to, like close friends, they just go, ah, what a piece of shit. And I just go, so I always feel very lonely talking about this movie because yeah. I, I always liked it and it's very hard to find anybody else who, who even likes it halfway. You yeah, know? I'll say, I'll put it this way. There was a lot to dislike about it, but there was also a lot to like. And so yeah. it just depends on which, which side of, of the coin you land on. And it was a pleasant surprise for me to, to, to have seen it again and, and see how much of it held up. Uh, but there is a lot that doesn't work. I'm not going to, not going to, gloss over that but no yeah no, no. It's not perfect. no 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 i didn't i didn't hate it i was like you know this is you know and i was watching danny devito especially going this performance is every bit as you know good as jack nicholson's uh, you know people always absolutely yes. it's and it's tough because he's really adding some depth to it it, it isn't just i mean he's the fact that he's doing it through all the makeup is is you got to say kudos for that but and some of it's the writing. They gave him a backstory. They almost gave it like this political spin that, you know, he was just tossed away. He's just like, you know, this person that's uh, not born normal and was literally just flushed down the sewer. And so you do feel there is a little bit of sympathy. He's such a nasty character, but you do feel a little sympathy that he was he did he started out just his parents just tossed him down the sewer and you know and he's deformed and you know he's raised by animals and uh the whole idea that he hasn't seen sunlight in how many years the, the whole thing with that power he's got that sort of ghostly power because he hasn't been in the sunlight ever you know but you do feel some sympathy every once in a while he he says something where you feel a little sympathy for him and then of course he's it's such a nasty character and so vile that you know that pretty much knocks it right out. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. 
I, I like it better than I thought I was going to like it. That's for sure. Let's rank it up, boys. Let's rank it up. Mikey Bags, since you are our guest and we are your host, what do you rank it? Um, I think I already said my ranking. It was six oh, you, out of ten. You gave it a six. You gave it a six. I know. I did the Leonard Maltin because I was like, eh, I didn't really care for this film. Six out of ten. There you go. Okay, six <laughs> out of ten. All right. I'm sorry. You did. You did say that. Uh, Stevo, six yeah, as well. Six. six. Yeah. Yeah. Six as well. Uh, John, I'm gonna. I feel like you're gonna give it. Let me see if I can guess your score. I feel like you're gonna give this an eight. You got it. An eight. Wow, I'm getting good. It. It's not. It's not perfect, but it's a solid eight. I enjoy it every time I watch it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give this one a six and a half. I'm gonna give it six point five. There, there you go. All right, there you go. What a great, uh, what a great time. I ruined everybody. I could have given. It could have been uh, sixes all the way across. We could have got the devil's area code, but we didn't get to do that. So uh, I apologize. <laughs> The devil's area code. <laughs> uh, what is, uh, Steve-O, yeah. uh, what is your wish this Christmas, Steve-O? What is your wish this Christmas? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Mikey Bags, what no, is... No, really. Mikey, no, really. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Mikey, yeah, sorry. Mikey Bags, what is your wish this Christmas? Uh, that uh, next year is not a shit storm. Love it. Uh, John, what is your wish this Christmas? Uh, I don't want to get too political. Let's just say I hope that the I hope that um, we survive the next five years. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think my wish this Christmas is uh, is uh, more Godzilla. That's always my wish. More Godzilla. Uh, more good Godzilla. More quality Godzilla. All right, you sure got a head start on that. I, it's hard to imagine a better Godzilla movie coming down the pike after that. I'm, I'm, one. I'm glad you went to see it, John. Loved, loved it. You were right on the money. I'm glad you to see. I'm sorry, I'm yawning, boys. I got a had a rough night's uh, sleep last night. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. What a great Christmas show! Yes. Thanks for joining us, Steve-O and Mike. My pleasure. My pleasure. No, it was good my to see you guys. No, it was our pleasure, John. Will you let me let me handle this? Would you? It was good to see you guys. Thank you. It was good to see you. See the both of you. My mistake. I kid, I kid. Uh, yeah, we have to do this more often. This is a good. Uh, I like this little combination we got going here. We got we got a good combo. I like this. We can talk about a little deep purple to start, and then we move into the Jethro Tull, and then we move into the and then Steve-O comes out with some someone who plays the the uh, zither that we've never heard of, and he you know or the musical saw. I know Steve-O knows a guy that plays a musical saw, or Steve-O plays one. Steve-O. Is that true? How close am I? Oh, wow. yes. On the nosy. Wow. On the nosy. Love it. You're going to have to bust that out one day. Well, Ooh. I also have a theremin. Haven't touched it in years. Thank hey. you. Thank you. How Thank you. you. Hey, how you doing? Uh, John would love to hear theremin music anytime you want to. <laughs> uh, uh, Steve, are you a Tom Waits fan? Of course, yeah. Yes. <laughs> because whenever somebody says musical saw, I always think of the Black Rider. Because when I put that on, people go, "Jesus, is that somebody playing a saw?" <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> boy, oh boy, let's all let's all uh, um, think about the, how good it would have been if Tom Waits had done a Christmas album, huh? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I just got back from a little trip. Along the Milky Way. 
There's a go. I started off at the North Pole to spend the holiday. What? And at some, at some point, he just screams, the Earth dies screaming. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know what's the what's the what's the song he sings? Uh, let's take a lot of troubles away. Everybody's waiting for the man with the bag. It's Christmas is coming again. What's the one? What's the one? I don't want to get. I don't want to get old. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to grow up. Bomb a Toys R Us kid. And then the other one that Mario and I love is the that I can play with. What's the one we love, Mario? The uh, Big Rock Candy Mountain. The one he did in Ironwood. Oh, is Ironweed. Uh, Ironweed, where he's singing the Big Rock Candy Mountain. Is he? That's, yeah. That's Jack Nicholson and uh, Meryl Streep, right? Ironweed? Yeah, and they're like, you know, they're jumping, uh, they're train hopping, and they're hobos, and uh, Tom Waits sings the old original lyrics to Big Rock Candy Mountain. I did not know is, that. Yeah, you know this because you know the lyrics. You always throw the lyrics at me. They, they think about the, um, oh, the, let's see, all the bulls have legs and all yeah. the uh, bulldogs uh, eat hard-boiled eggs. And, right. <laughs> and then Ernie Borgnine comes around the corner and beats me with a railroad wow. spike. Ooh, there's a reference right there. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? For Christmas, let's watch King of the North. Yeah, let's watch Emperor, <laughs> of, Emperor of the North. Sounds like it's going to be a yeah. Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas movie, kids. You're going to see people yeah. get bisected by a train. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a rough Me one. Too. I think the original title for that was Emperor of the North Pole, so you really think you're getting a, a Christmas movie. <laughs> right. Uh, you're, 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 my buddy Chris Graham, who's been on the show a couple of times, uh, I think he told us, uh, he mentioned that his, his grandpa owns a plot of land where um, it's right near where Keaton filmed, uh, they did some, it's Cottage Grove, but they also filmed the, the train scenes from Stand By Me on that same stretch of track and Emperor of the North. And uh, he said that really? w- one day in between uh, shooting, in between scenes, Lee Marvin walked to his grandparents' house and they gave him well water. They gave him well wow. water, Steve. Brought it full circle, folks. Thank you. That's what a good host does. I learned wow. from the best. R- Richard Dawson, uh, R.I.P. Dickie Dawson. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we learned that from Richard Dawson. So if uh, if uh, if Lee Marvin knocked on your door and said, "Can I have some water?" Wouldn't that just blow you away? Yeah. Well, he might <laughs> blow me away if I don't get him the water. That's the whole thing. You get him the water yeah. right away. You know, if Lee Marvin so, yeah, shows up, you're going to give him the hose is over there, Lee. You know where the tap is. Yeah, you, and you know he'll drink out of the hose like no problem. He's not a guy that's going to be like, well, you know, put it. You know, he's not going to want demand something like ice or or a cup. He'll just be like, point me to the hose. That's Lee Marvin. Yeah, yeah you know. He's yeah. a regular guy. He's a guy. Yeah, he was a he's a marine. You know, you know what I'm talking about. A regular guy. Well, hey guys, what a great Christmas! I hope you guys all have a wonderful Christmas for real. Uh, you too. Well, Merry friend. Christmas to you. If, you if, that, if you choose to celebrate that, then I hope you have a merry. If you don't, have a great weekend. How about that? Merry Christmas yeah. to all, John. I love you, man. I could not do this without you. Every year, right back at you. Another year has come and gone, my friend. Uh, I love you very much, and I'm I'm always thankful that you're uh, you're here with me. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, honestly, you you uh, you make it fun. This is a this is a way we can turn our four hour phone conversations into something the whole world can enjoy. Uh, so it's always nice. Uh, and and uh, that's how you sold it to me. You know, ten years ago, that's how you sold it to me. I said, I don't know if I want to do this. Who who cares what I have to say? And you say, just pretend like we're on the phone for three hours, just yakking about 
Yeah. You know, Humphrey Bogart and David Bowie, you know. Yeah, Diana Canova. We're going to be talking about Diana Canova. Yeah, Diana Canova. Only you would text me in the middle of the night. Remember Diana Canova? Yay! I just just about fell out of bed. I'm like, wow, he remembers Diana Canova. Why? In the morning. Leslie Uggams. Anyway, guys. Leslie Uggams. That's just a fun name to say. I love Steve. I love you too. Mikey Bags. I love you, man. We love you guys. Uh, Thanks to. uh, Thanks to Pat Francis for bringing us all together. Merry Christmas, Pat Francis, wherever ye may be. I hope he's doing well. I haven't talked to Pat in a little while. I got to get on that uh, Pat Francis show. Yeah. Yeah, you used to I'm, be on I'm, all I'm the time. I, I, yeah. You, you need to be on that show again. We've had a couple of, we've had a couple of uh, back and forths about potential uh, ideas. I just I haven't talked to Pat in a while uh, at, by, uh, you know, for any length of time, but he's busy. He's a busy man. I understand, but I, I do. Drop, drop him a line. Drop him. Drop him a line. I we text each other. We'll just text each other at random sometimes. Yeah, just me too. Something yeah. random. I'll just shoot something random at him. But he seems to be having a great time. I'm watching him on the Facebook, and I'm I'm loving it. He's having a he's, he's enjoying life. God bless him. So uh, switch over to Rock Solid uh, if you have if you have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Rock Solid show. It's great rock and roll podcast. You've heard Steve-O on there. You've heard uh, Mikey Beggs on there several times. Who has more guest appearances between you two? Uh, Mikey Beggs, how many times have you been on uh, on uh, on uh, 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 Rock Solid? Um, I've only actually been on the mic on Rock Solid twice. Actually. Is that true? Yeah, because I did the uh, Grateful Dead episode a couple of oh. years ago, and recently there we did an episode on Pete Townsend's. Ah, uh, I thought you were on more. Steve-O, how many do you have under your belt? Um, I think five. I think I'm at f- four. I think I'm at four. Because we did all the kinks, and then we that did... That was like three shows, We right? did three kink shows, and then we did a, we did a, a track by track of Arthur. Seven. Wow. You've been on seven times? times? Yeah. Oh, I guess Pat likes you better. That's That's awful. Uh, we got a lot of we got a lot like really. Um, uh, it kid. might be eight. It might be eight. I kid. I kid. Well, Steve was in town more than me and Mario too. So I live like Mario's in town. I Mario li- lives. You can live, let me you tell you something. It's, driving distance. Let me tell you something. It is crazy. I'll bet you either of you could hop on a plane. If I try to leave for Pat's house during rush hour, either of you could hop on a plane and arrive. Well, don't go on ru- in rush hour, you dumb dummy. <laughs> well, that's the time. Or you could. Why don't you fly? You could fly to that. Yeah. Those, are, those are the times. Those are the times that we that are available sometimes. But he doesn't record at the studio now. Now he records at his house, which is even farther. Yeah. Which is even farther. Mm, beautiful away. home. Oh, I've been there. I've been fed chili by the lovely Pilar. Mm-hmm. Lovely, oh, lovely family. Chili. Lovely family. Um, yeah, shout out to Pat Francis. We miss you, Pat, and uh, hope you're doing well. And shout out to our friends at uh, Home Video Hustle. Uh, please mm-hmm. uh, listen to Anita. If you meet, if you miss Anita here, you can listen to her at uh, Home Video Hustle. Look them up on Twitter: capital H, capital V, capital H, uh, capital P, lowercase Oddcast, and uh, check them out on on X. I guess is what it's called. But uh, you can find them. Just look for Home Video Hustle podcast. That's where you can find Anita. All the time. They are also doing Batman Returns this uh, this week. So that'll show up oh, tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Merry Christmas, you guys. We're going to say we're going to say goodbye. Uh, so Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Ho, ho, ho. And mistletoe and presents to pretty girls. Yep. For Mikey, for Steve-O, for John, for Jake, and for the absent Justine 
and Patrick and Anita, we say this transition ends now. Merry Christmas to all and uh, good night. And mm, ah, yeah, you did the the dating game. Goodbye. And uh, we're all waiting for the man with a bag. Merry Christmas. Fight the power.